You're listening to Breaking the Silence, a podcast by Reach 10, where we are breaking the shame, silence, and fear that often surrounds sexuality, unwanted pornography use, and betrayal trauma, and helping you embrace your God-given sexuality with courage, compassion, and connection. I'm your host, Chriselle Simons. Welcome back, listeners. I am so excited to introduce you to the Maddie Davis, and we together are going to be breaking the silence. Mostly Maddie. Maddie's here to share her story, and we are going to be breaking the silence on dealing with the shame of being a woman struggling with pornography. And I'm so grateful that you reached out to me. I'm so (laughs) grateful you reached out and wanted to share your story because I love hearing people's stories because it's just sacred space. And B, I think the lens that we're going to look at your story under, like dealing with the shame of being a woman struggling with pornography is so real. And I just, I'm so excited to, I think excited is not even the right word. (laughs) I wish I had a better word, but I'm so thrilled that you're here with us, Maddie. Go ahead and take a second to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about why you want to share your story. For sure. Yeah. My name is Maddie. I'm 19. I'm currently, I just finished up my first year at BYU and then I'm headed out on a mission. I haven't gotten my call yet. I'm actually going to get it in like a week or two weeks. What? So excited. No way. Oh my gosh. So excited for you. Oh, I love missions. I love that you're getting your call. I know. It's it's like weird. It's such a weird feeling knowing that like within the next two or three weeks, I'm going to know where I'm going to be for the next year and a half. Like that is a weird thought. So (laughs) yeah. Anyway. I also feel like the space that you're in right now, that like one to two weeks where you've like committed to doing it, but like you're like, have no idea where you're going. And like, it's like, it's like Christmas Eve. Yeah. It's true. So stressful because you're like, I can't live my life yet. Exactly. Exactly. It's like crazy. I know. I'm so pumped. That's so exciting. So yeah, it'll be so good. But yeah, I'm I'm hyped. Wait, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, for those of you maybe not a part of our faith tradition, she's going on a mission for 18 months to go and dedicate her life full time, like even beyond full time. It's like 24 <laughs> seven to teach people about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And she could go literally anywhere in the world, yeah. which is so cool. So and so stoked for you, Maddie. Okay. You. Tell us more about your life. And maybe why, yeah, again, why you want to share your story. Totally. Yeah. So as far as like, like, I guess technically why I want to share my story, I started kind of getting promptings in starting in like June 2022. And it was like, you have some kind of work to do in helping young girls who are struggling with pornography. That was the prompting. And I was like, well, that's specific. And like, and I kind of like, I I back talked Yeah, it is very specific. I like back talked to Heavenly Father for a little bit and I was like I was like, come on, like I'm I'm going into my first year of like college. Like I'm just trying to figure that stuff out. Like I'm just not sure I can take this on, like find somebody else. Anyway, to make a very long story short, I eventually started to act on the promptings and 
at first I was gonna like write a book but then I was like what 13 year old is gonna ask their mom to go to Barnes and Noble to pick up a book about pornography and then I was like mm, maybe don't write a book and so <laughs> then I decided I was like I, <laughs> I was like I really want something that's like accessible you know that like a bishop or a leader or a parent could just send to any girl that's struggling and so I decided I would start or I decided I would start going on podcasts, like being a guest on podcasts and just sharing my story. Maybe it gets discovered that way. I started like an Instagram and then eventually started my own podcast. So anyway, that's like the technical reason, like why am I logistically here? <laughs> I love, I love that story. And that's actually like how we kind of came up with our podcast as well. We just tend to like nonprofit that runs our podcast Mm -hmm. for a long time we were trying to do in-person events and like some different things and finally I was like guys this is we want we want something that we can share with people and that can be reached anytime anywhere and like Mm -hmm. not incriminating you know Mm -hmm. like not like hey I'm going to this event about porn like you know like that that's hard there's a lot of barriers to show up to that kind of thing but podcasts I love this platform because you can reach it wherever you are it's true it's true so I love that you started a podcast and it is called sisters on the front lines (laughs) yes and we will link to that in the show notes and yeah, go give her a follow, subscribe to her podcast too. I just, you were just doing so much <laughs> good. You. Yeah, thank you. And for anyone listening, just curious about a little bit more about like what the podcast is. I basically have young women. So the first episode is just my story. And then I have young women come on and share their stories with their struggles with pornography. And then a couple other episodes just include like professionals or therapists and they just share their insights on so you can see they're separated from like the stories are orange and then the professionals are blue so choose what you want <laughs> so That's anyway awesome yeah anyways Love it. yeah so i guess i guess we'll go like non-logistical should we do logistical? <laughs> yeah. logistical? let's talk about <laughs> sure we just made it up even if it's not a word it's not a word do yeah let's talk about you your story and and maybe yeah go ahead okay sounds good so yeah I was first exposed to pornography when I was 13 and I at the time it was kind of just like a billion emotions at once because it was like whoa there's like a whole new world out here right it was like I just have never heard of like this before like I had heard about like sex I had had the talk but it was kind of like a one and done thing and I don't fault my parents for that I think that's just like I think they did the absolute best with what they had and so and historically that's how it's been done exactly for, like, if it had yeah. been done right exactly like, done. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was so. like yeah go do that this is what happens we're never talking about this again good luck <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, yeah, so that was kind of, I mean, that was, but I mean, later on, my, I had had more open conversations and definitely now I'm having way more open conversations with my parents, but, but yeah, that was kind of how it was up until then. And I had kind of gotten the messaging from, from just like the world and from my specific religion that pornography is just a guy's problem you know like like it's it's more normal for guys it's like hey guys like don't watch pornography but like wink wink we know you do like you know and and so it just felt kind of like more normal for them not that it wasn't like I guess quote unquote like a sin for them but 
but it just felt more normal. Like I just knew of people that of only boys that had that had viewed pornography. Here's what I want to know. Yes. You're like I was in Young Women's 10 years before you were. And, yeah. And I remember sitting in women's and then being like, we're going to talk about pornography today, but it's just a guy problem. And you only need to know because like, you're going to like date someone who's maybe struggled with it. Was that still the narrative? That was, you literally just took it like word for word. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I bet that was so painful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It did kind of suck. It was not. And I'm not laughing because it's funny. Like I, that was horrible. Like I. That's how I deal with it. I mean, it's okay. First of all, this is not a good way to approach it. Yeah. Even if it was only a guy problem, like not helpful narrative. Right. So let's, you know, let that die forever. Yeah. <laughs> but like, oh my gosh. Yeah. How incredibly painful. And like, you're never going to talk to your leaders about it. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's true. And, but here's the thing is like, again, I just can't fault them for it because that, totally. again, you know, like that was the generation they grew up in. And so. Um, and forever that was how like that's how it was taught to them that's like 100 percent. and and i'm so glad you brought that up because i don't mean to like shame on them for saying that no like that unfortunately was the culture we were raised in and the and and what they inherited that they were then passing on to us and that's why we're having this conversation yeah so that hopefully if we're ever in that situation where we're talking to some young women or young men or young people period that that is never the narrative that we're spreading yeah agreed and honestly it is interesting because i think that they were trying to phrase it in a way that was trying to be helpful to us because it's like oh like we know that you guys don't struggle with it like we know you guys are good kids (laughs) right Right. and then but yeah it ended up it ended up kind of doing the opposite and i mean with the statistics like if there were like 15 girls in that room there's like almost statistically no chance that I was the only one that was sitting there and like kind of being super beat down by the adversary of like oh so you know all these those thoughts that you were having of oh my gosh I'm disgusting I I must be the only girl in the world who struggles with this or her, who even has like any sort of lustful thought yeah those ones are true those ones are true turns out those are true you know and like it's just so punching <laughs> in the face. That's the Seriously. worst. <laughs> it's so Seriously. effective. <laughs> yeah, it is effective because it's just discouragement, and it pushes pushes you like into further shame and further isolation. And if he can get you isolated, and yeah, it's just he's yeah, literally punch him in the face. <laughs> so eventually. A couple years later, I decided to, I don't remember if there was anything that exactly sparked it, but I decided to set up a meeting with my bishop or my religious leader to tell him about it. And I went and I remember sitting outside of his office versus like coming out was like a completely night and day experience. Like it was kind of crazy, but I remember I went in and he assured me of three things he said you are still a daughter of god and you are still just as loved and you are still just as valued and i just right i know i i just love him (laughs) seriously i love that that's how he approached it because he he wasn't there to say hey you like you know that like 
sexual sin is like really bad right or like you know that like like we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do some work on this you know like no it was just hey here is what your identity actually is I know that pornography has been putting all of these like terrible messages in your head and and telling you that you're disgusting and that you're, you're not worth it and that like they're legit were there legitimately were days where like I just felt like I couldn't like get out of bed or like go outside or go see my family because then I'd have to like confront myself and like it was just such a you know like shame cycle and shame spiral down and so I remember after I just I can you remind me what those three things were? Because those were so yeah. profound. And I want everyone, wherever you are, whoever you are, yes. like imagine whatever it is that you're struggling with that you're wanting to hide. <laughs> yes. Imagine someone saying this to you and believing it for just a moment. Just like pretend like you believe it f- with every part of you. Mm. Say those words again because it's so true. Amen. So yeah, to anyone needing that. So everyone, <laughs> <laughs> you are still a daughter or son of God. And you are still just as, as loved and just as valued. <clears throat> oh my gosh. I just love your bishop so much. I agree. Saying that and and yes, like no matter no matter what it is you're struggling with, I feel like that's usually what's under attack. Yes. Like it's, if if so if God actually knew about this, like he would not love me, right? Or if like if if so and so knew about this, they would not love me. Yeah. I feel like that's what we are always trying to hide. Yeah. Oh man. It's so true. It's so true. And it's, it's everything to do with like your identity. I mean, like God gave us this sexual identity, right? Mm -hmm. And, and that's one of our most powerful identities ever. Like that is one of the greatest gifts that he's ever given us. And if Satan has a tool that can somehow pervert that, and then, I mean, it seeps into other parts of our identity, right? Then yeah, it's going to be pretty dang effective and he's going to want to use it. Like the the average age of first exposure is 9 to 11. And so getting those kids like while they are so young, like, oh, it just makes me want to like box, dude. Like box Satan out <laughs> right now, dude. Let me at him. <laughs> yeah, I do, I like you. <laughs> Oh my goodness. This is so, and that's, it's so heartbreaking and, and listener and everyone, like, I hope that you can give yourself so much grace, so much mm-hmm. grace. And Maddie, I just bless you for having the courage to share because that is so true. Like nine to 11, 13, like however old you were at that young age for for you to start feeling that kind of shame at that age and to believe it even at any level. Oh, that is so hard. And, and you can break free of that. And that's why I hope you're going to go next. (laughs) Maybe you're not. And how did you break free of that? How did you start believing what your Bishop said? Yeah. Well, okay. I actually want to like rewind because I love that you mentioned grace. And grace has been one of the hardest topics for me to wrap my head around because <laughs> because I would always hear, like, I mean, we're always, like, our worst critic, right? And I would always hear, like, oh, grace is, like, like you've done your best. Like, you've done your best. Like, you did your best. And, like, I don't – I genuinely don't believe I have ever done my best in my life. Like, and <laughs> like as depressing as that sounds, but, like – I just know that I could have always done better. And 
but I was I had someone explain it to me in like the most beautiful way it was like yes grace is what comes after that thought after that thought of no I haven't done my best I know I can do better it's what do you do with that like what are you are you going to you can either it can either lead to a very like self-destructive kind of path and say no I could have I could have done better better this is the end of the line or I could have done better let me allow myself grace to acknowledge that mistake and then move forward and take everything I learned and move forward and become more like yoked with Jesus Christ and so I just like grace it's still so hard for me to understand because i was like no dude like grace is for wusses like <laughs> like but, for wusses. but it's not i'm pretty sure i said that to myself when i was all the time growing up i yes. I, I also feel like that that was my narrative yeah. like i'm good exactly. <laughs> or i'm not good and so i'm not gonna admit to everyone that i'm the wuss <laughs> exactly oh my gosh and it's just so crazy because like like the way that Satan is so good at like hindering grace is he puts an idea of perfection in our minds, right? Just the idea that perfection is even attainable in this life. He's already got us so far down the path of destruction, right? Because turns out it's not. And like we always say, oh, nobody's perfect. But do we really believe it and live it? Like we always... I don't, I don't know, like, we always act as if we're striving for this perfect image or this perfect whatever, like, sure, that may happen in the next life, but it's never gonna happen in this life, and I don't think that's a depressing message, I actually think that's a very hopeful and freeing message, because it, it helps you understand more of, like, the nature of God, and, like, we're all just his kids, and we're learning, and we're, and we're falling, and we're making mistakes, but we're learning, and that's, that's all that matters. That's what we were sent here to do. So sorry, that was it's kind of a tangent, but <laughs> just get passionate. <laughs> no, and I'm so glad you went there with grace. <laughs> I'm yeah. so, so grateful that you went there with grace because I think that that is a narrative that often stops us yeah. from allowing ourselves grace and allowing the Savior in to our narrative Yeah, is, but like I could have done better and I didn't. And so I should hide um, I or I should run or like I should be on my own in this okay. until I am better. I think something that's been really humbling for me as I've been reading the New Testament this year is the lepers coming to the Savior. And and there's multiple, multiple lepers that come to be healed, but like they can't hide, like they can't hide their sickness. Mm -hmm. They can't hide their disease. And, and also the woman with the issue of blood, her too, right? Like the lepers and the woman with the issue of blood. And, and I I don't mean to like group them all into the same thing because I think they're all individuals that and every, every one of those stories is different, but something that's been so profound to me is that I think for a long time, I thought I could hide my weaknesses from God. Mm. I could hide the parts of me from, from God and from the people that I love that I, that I didn't want to. And in doing so, it left me with pretty hollow relationships or like surface level relationships. And it wasn't until with God, it wasn't until I was like really and, and I'm continually working on this because there's still parts of me that I'd love to hide from God. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I'm still struggling with X, Y, Z, B, you know, all the things. Yeah. But when I, when I approach God, like the leper not hiding what it is that I want him to heal and help me with, oh my goodness, the compassion that, that I feel is profound. And just like in 
just like with the woman in the issue of blood when she reaches out and the savior is like i feel you i know you and you are made whole like he met her with the most compassion that she'd felt in maybe her whole life and that that is how he meets us that's how he meets us i promise you that he that God, that Jesus Christ and the Spirit, they will meet you with love and compassion wherever you are. And the more you allow them to see you, the more you will feel that love and compassion. Yeah. And the same is true in my relationships. The more I've allowed people in to really see me, specifically my husband, because he's the one who gets to see all of me. He like the more I've done that, the the richer, the more intimate, the the deeper, the more beautiful that relationship has become. And the same is true in friendships. And and so, oh, I'm so glad you went there with grace, because I think that is such a real thing that stops us from actually connecting to God and to and to each other. Mm -hmm. So true. So true. One of the episodes that I did. I put the title as because she she said this phrase like three times and I was like, wow, that's so good. But she put kind of what we're talking about so simply. And she said, vulnerability leads to vulnerability. And it's so true. It's so true because as soon as you I mean, like, that's just a natural process. Like as soon as you open up about something that you're uncomfortable about open up, opening up about and you feel like is some kind of black mark on your record or whatever, like people are going to open up about theirs and I promise like if if the people that you're talking to actually do have a genuine love for you which I mean I know at least one person who does this Jesus Christ then he will meet you with with love and compassion and and vulnerability right so mm-hmm. yeah oh, beautifully <laughs> said and I'm so glad you went there with the grace okay so I still want to know like what yeah, yeah, helped yeah. you What helped you receive his grace? What helped you to believe what your bishop told you? Because I imagine Mm -hmm. that as he told you that, Satan and his like itty bitty icky committee and like all the thoughts (laughs) in your head were like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) That is so not true, right? Yeah. What helped you? Tell me. Tell me. Yeah. Okay. Deal. So yeah, kind of like I said, it was like a night and day experience, right? Like sitting outside the bishop's Mm -hmm. office. And I say it was night and day because... Satan was working so hard on me when I was sitting outside of that office. Like, I remember I had the thought, like the genuine thought of, you're going to go in there and this reputation that you have of like, you know, you come from a good family, you get good grades, you go to the the Wednesday night activities at church, like, and, and thinking that you're a good kid, like, that's all out the door now. Like, he's going to know that you are some like gross little like disgusting person. Like that's just who you are now. And like, it's just interesting again, because the attack was on the identity, right? Well, anyway, I went in and obviously those were not the messages that I heard. He didn't look at me and say, Maddie, like, really? You struggle with this? No, not at all. And I mean, I laugh at it now, but it was such a genuine thought in the moment. But, and so, yeah, I remember I went in and he said that and it really did change things for me and it wasn't it wasn't even just those words it was like the spirit that i finally felt and I, that was the first time like i knew of the atonement i was like yeah that's a thing that'll like clean up my you know erase my erase my bad marks on my record if i need it i guess i had never felt that genuine of love right and 
and I I walked out of that bishop's office and I was like so I was just like so filled with like pure joy like that is the best way to describe it and I remember I walked outside and I don't even say this as a metaphor like I wish this was some happy little metaphor but no I walked outside and it was like a spring day and I remember the grass was green but it was greener and the sky was blue but it was bluer and that was such a huge testament to me of no the atonement is not just this eraser right like the atonement I Brad Wilcox in one of my classes it was like the most beautiful comparison ever he's like sometimes we look at the atonement as if it's some eraser or some like ladder getting us out of a hole and he's like while those are both like true to an extent what we really should be looking at is like the atonement is like a battery like the atonement is a power source that we can continually draw on and so it was just such a huge testament to me that like wow like the atonement is so much more than I thought it was and I I didn't like I didn't view pornography for quite a while after that like I was just kind of riding that like spiritual you know high and then eventually after that kind of like wore off it was more of like a willpower thing it was like no I can't I can't go back to that I know what that has done to me like and it was super fear-based and it was just kind of like white knuckling it and it was like no I know that there's that side of me and if I let any of it out then like it's just out you know it was just such a that was such a scary part of me and and so then Mm -hmm. I I eventually like fell back into the habit like I think it was probably a couple months later and I was like I remember the first time I like viewed it after and I was like come on like we've been through this you know like we went and saw the bishop we we checked off that box of repentance, like, what are you going to do now? And, and yeah, I, I remember just feeling so bad about myself after, but it taught me a super important lesson. And it took me a while to learn this lesson. I did not learn it the first time I, I messed up after, but it was that like relapses or whatever, slipped, slip ups, whatever you want to call them. They don't necessarily start you back at square one if you don't let them. Right. And so, like kind of like we were talking about like this idea of allowing yourself grace like the grace is what it's what allows yourself to like move forward right and so when I got to those times when I would like mess up sure I could just beat down on myself and say well you know you like you're disgusting and whatever or I could say hey I am like human I'm learning and what can I learn from this where exactly was I like what time of day was it what was what like emotions was I feeling before just everything like that and getting super analytical about it and looking at it as an opportunity to learn and to grow and so that did help but I was still like struggling with it and like genuinely I do not think that I like started true I guess recovery or or whatever you would like to call it. I don't have a good term for it, but until I started like connecting with people, like and doing stuff like this. And mm-hmm. and that was my answer, right? Like that doesn't if in order to if you're trying to like overcome pornography, no, you don't have to go on a billion podcasts. Like that's not what I'm trying to say, but it is such a human and soul connection thing, right? And so so yeah, anyway, that is, I guess that kind of brings us to now, but I'm curious, like yeah. what, what questions or points you want to talk about? Oh, I love that. And thank you so much for sharing. I, I, I can just imagine 
the the courage that that initially took you. <laughs> I mean, obviously you shared, but the courage it took you to walk into your bishop's office and share it for the first time, but also just the courage to continually share it. But what I think is so cool about sharing our stories and and connecting and honestly connecting with people is it takes courage the first time, but then it becomes easier and easier. And then it becomes like more difficult to hide. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Because because connection is what we actually are looking for. Yeah. And I also love the part where you're sharing about waking up and and starting to become self-aware of what you're really looking for. Instead of just like turning to pornography, you start being like, what time of day was it? Was I like hungry? Was I angry? Was I frustrated? Was I bored? And what was I really looking for in that moment? And then like soothing that need, finding a better way to help yourself. I think that's so awesome because I find myself having to do that with Instagram or like Mm -hmm. TikTok or like fill in the blank thing, right? Where I'm like, I'm stressed out right now. And I find myself scrolling for Mm -hmm. a stupid amount of time. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's true. It's And that's not what I want to be doing. And that's actually not even helping me feel better, right? Exactly. So that's actually interesting that like you bring the like Instagram up and you're like, well, I don't want to compare the two. But a lot of times, like when I would view pornography, it would be after like I had a ton of unstructured time in my day and I'd be either like scrolling through Instagram or like watching YouTube and kind of doing any activity to avoid whatever emotions I was feeling if that makes sense. Like I was, a lot of times I was trying to avoid how guilty I felt about like wasting my day or like not being productive that day or whatever. And so I'd I'd turn to those things and then it would eventually lead to, okay, well, you know, like you've been super unproductive this whole day, like, like might as well just go like watch pornography or, or whatever. And It was just always like Satan had his different little tactics that he would use and then and then it would work because it it wouldn't allow me to feel my emotions, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. And I I mean, I feel like I so relate to that in my own use of Instagram and in in just like wanting to numb whatever whatever stressor or thing that I'm like frustrated about or or not wanting to do laundry happens to usually be the number one thing that I'm not wanting to do. But I, and that's just cause that's the stage of life I'm in. <laughs> but, but I, I just like find myself like trying to avoid it or trying to avoid really checking in with myself. And I, I think it's so interesting because as you were sharing of, of noticing maybe even the thoughts or the the narrative that Satan is telling yourself and that you are telling yourself, oh man, I so relate to that narrative of just being like, well, you haven't done anything today anyway. So you might as well just like keep scrolling this. You'll probably learn something that'll be helpful. Right. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's true. 30 minutes later, like nothing. It's just so fascinating. And, And that's why I hope as we're talking about the shame of being a woman, I think the shame of being a human, you know, could also be the name of this podcast because I, the shame often is coming from Satan attacking our identity. Yep. And and if we can come back to remembering who we are, I, I think it really empowers us to make a choice of what we actually want to do instead. Mm. 
Would you say that that's accurate for you? Yes, I would say 100% it is. And one of my favorite scriptures in the entire world is Helaman 5.12. And I just love that it talks about basing your foundation on Christ because that is a sure foundation, foundation whereon if men build, they cannot fall. And I think it's just so important because a lot of times, like, I mean, you just ask someone like, oh, like, you know, who are you? Like, what do you do or whatever? And and they're like, oh, you know, like I'm a, I'm a doctor or I'm a whatever, or, or maybe it's a, it's like an internal thing. Like you tie your identity to, oh, I am a good kid. Like I, or I'm a good student or I am pretty or I am popular. And all of those things, like, regardless of how awesome they are, like they are just temporary and they could be taken from you like at any moment. And instead of basing your foundation on just all of these things that are nearly guaranteed to <laughs> to like fail you at some point, like base your foundation on Christ because that is the only sure foundation, right? The only sure foundation that will never fall that will never lead you wrong and take the time to learn what does that actually mean, right? How, and how does someone who bases their identity on Christ act? And especially with pornography, it's when you base your foundation on being a child of God and understand what that really means, instead of after you like you slip up or or you feel tempted or whatever, but especially after you slip up, you can rewrite that narrative that Satan is trying to put in your head that because I slipped up, because I viewed pornography, I'm just this disgusting human being and I'm not I'm not worth much. And instead, you can flip it to say, I am a child of God who is learning and growing like children do. Children fall down all the time and it's hilarious. But it's like that is what we are meant to do, right? And so anyway, like I'm a child of God who makes mm-hmm. mistakes. And I am the type of person who allows myself grace. And because that is what God wants, because God wants me to progress and get back to him. And the way that I do that is by forgiving myself. And all of that, I got to say, much easier said than done. But I love this so much, Maddie. In fact, the other day I felt prompted and had this idea given to me, but also felt prompted to pull my two-year-old aside who was having just kind of a rough day. I felt prompted to pull her aside and just look her in the eye and tell her, I love you no matter what, no matter what you do, no matter what you say, there's nothing you can do, nothing you can say that will ever change the way I feel about you mm-hmm. and that, and or change the way I love you. And that love will always be there. And it was, it was really profound because as I said that, I realized that what I was saying was true but especially because I knew that that's how God felt about me. And, and that it was just, it was really a profound moment. And I'm so forever grateful for that, for that moment with my daughter, but also for that reminder that that's true. No matter what you do, there's nothing that you can do. There's nothing you can say that will stop God from loving you. When we remember that and when we, when we build our foundation and our identity on that, the fact that we are children of God, we will not fall and, and we can overcome it all. 
But when we start allowing Satan's lies or our actions to, to cause us to question that, that's where shame starts winning and it gets really hard. Amen to that. Maddie, I'm so grateful for you coming on and sharing your story with us and sharing these incredible insights. And is there anything else you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, I guess just as a final message, if you are struggling with pornography, and especially if you are struggling in silence, I just hope you know that you are not at all alone. And Satan is going to try every single tactic in his book to make you believe that you are and that you are isolated. But I promise you're not alone. And I would encourage you to reach out to someone who you love and who you trust. And you can, I promise you can reach out to me or Chriselle. Like, seriously, it's not weird. Send us an email or a DM. We will, like, I, if I don't have time, I will make time. Like, this stuff is just absolutely top priority because I know how much it sucks to be just down in the depths and and just so down on yourself and so yeah sure like reach out to us but make sure you do reach out to god as well and i promise you even if it doesn't feel like it he has his arm outstretched for you and and change is possible and change is what we came here to do and it's achievable and you are not you're not gross and you're not you're not made incorrectly and there's nothing wrong with you and there's just things that are happening and th- you can just work through it you can work through it it's gonna be okay so that would probably be my final message <laughs> oh amen to that i i just I, oh, especially when you said change is possible that's what we came here to do oh i love that so much because i feel like so often in fact I have a two-year-old. We already talked about her. She loves the Frozen soundtrack. And there's a song in the Frozen soundtrack that's like, people don't really change. It says that in the song. And they mm. hate it. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not true. People do change. We can change. You can change. Exactly. Will you maybe struggle with something for a long time or maybe for your whole life? Yes. Yes. And you can change. So, oh, amen to that, Maddie. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And listeners know that you're loved and amen to what Maddie said. Please reach out. I'm, I'm here. Maddie's here. We want to hear your stories. We want you to know that you're not alone. And most importantly, God is here. Thank you. Have a beautiful day. Thank you for listening to Breaking the Silence by Reach 10. Break the silence and help us create a culture of courage and compassion by sharing what you learned today with someone you love. Help us reach more people by rating and reviewing us on iTunes or liking and leaving a comment on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Reach 10 is a nonprofit. You can help support this podcast by donating on our website and following us on social media. We share these views to open the dialogue and educate on these tough issues and to create a healthier culture of sexuality. The opinions and views shared by the host or guests do not constitute as professional advice or services and do not necessarily reflect the views of Reach 10. We do not guarantee the accuracy of any statements you hear. Reach 10 is not responsible for your use of information heard in this podcast. We keep learning and invite you to join us as we build a more open, compassionate, and courageous culture. Keep breaking the silence.